Hi, everybody. Adam Cook from Campus Inc. in the NIL store. Want to say real quickly, thank you so much for listening and joining us on this journey. And as a reminder, if you ever need any custom merchandise, youth jerseys, camp t-shirts, whatever it may be, you can always find us at campus.inc. And of course, for all your NIL needs, nil.store. We're going to jump into the episode. I hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, it's Steven from Campus Inc. And we are back with another episode of the NIL show. Our uh, One of our co-hosts is busy getting married. Sean got married on Saturday. He is on his way to Greece. Funniest email response. A hundred percent. Much better situation than where we're at. And, and like you said, one of, one of the best out of offices I think I've ever seen. Yeah. It said, I'm either standing at the altar nervous or I'm on a flight to Greece. Um, yeah. But we have a, a very special guest today. I will let our co-host Adam introduce. Adam? Yeah. Super excited. Um, episode eight here, joined by Michelle Meyer. Um, Michelle has, has a, a wide range of experiences in athletics um, and, and definitely in the NIL space. So um, she has experience with USA Volleyball, working as a, a B high performance coordinator. Um, she's worked in a number of different uh, volleyball capacities and partnerships. She spent time at Huddle. Um, she ran her own uh, beach volleyball consulting agency for a while. Um, and she currently is the founder of the NIL Network, as well as the name, image, and likeness coordinator at San Diego State University. Michelle Meyer, we are super honored to have you join us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Gosh, when you rattle off like that, it sounds like I've been to a lot of different places. <laughs> I know, right? How many so, lifetimes have you lived, right? From yeah. from what we've seen, you do a lot of them at the same time. What is your, you know, what is your full time job? What do you do on a day to day basis? Yeah, so I started uh, at San Diego State in November as uh, their NIL coordinator. So typically, I'm in the office. I'm actually out in Las Vegas right now at uh, the NECA convention. So just really excited to meet all the people that um, you know I've been zooming with over the past two years. All the NIL companies, all the different NIL delegates from around the country. Uh, I had the pleasure of meeting Adam last week uh, when he was in Southern California, which was awesome because him and I have had numerous conversations as well. And it's just so nice to kind of be back in in some kind of real life capacity. That's awesome. <laughs> T- tell us about that show in Vegas. What's that all about? Yeah. So actually, it was kind of a last minute decision for myself to come out here. Um, Really just got some FOMO when all the people who are going to be out and they were reaching out asking to meet up. And what it is, is it's a a convention for college athletic administrators. So they have different tracks, whether you're an athletic director or you're a sports information director. They also have student athlete development. Um, I'm sure that they'll add an NIL track probably next year. I know that there's some NIL specific sessions, but um, yeah, so it's really just a, a meeting of, gosh, I don't even know what the numbers are. I'd imagine thousands of these administrators getting together from all over the country. Uh, first time in person since 2019. So everyone's pretty excited. Awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. What? Uh, so what's, you know, I, I think we've all seen anybody who's in the NIL space has seen, you know, everybody heading out there, the excitement around that. The NIL Summit was um, was just a couple weeks ago as well. So lots of cool events happening in the NIL space. Obviously being, you know, pretty brand new. Does the event officially start on on Tuesday, right? This is kind of the pre-stuff going on right now. I think it started today. Um, I oh, haven't well, been down there yet today because I uh, had a number of different things. Uh, I just booked my flight last Thursday. 50, $58 <laughs> round trip flight from San Diego. So uh, pretty good deal That's a nice there. nice quick flight. 
yeah, under an hour, pretty easy, but definitely had some pre pre commitments with um, some meetings and different work things I wanted to get done today, and then uh, go out and enjoy the enjoy the 110 degree heat out here. <laughs> Fifty eight bucks. That's cheaper than gas. It would take you to drive over there, so that's a good deal. Um, what? I, I'm curious to see, and maybe you'll just, maybe we'll have to have you on for uh, a follow-up, but I'm just curious, you know, about what the kind of the conversation around NIL will be, you know, we've seen in the media and you've seen, you know, running the NIL network, it's, it's such a polarizing space. We've talked about that a lot on, on this show. I know you've talked about it a lot. Um, yeah, I'd be curious, you know, how, how do you think a, a room full of athletic administrators, you know, what's, what's the sentiment do you feel like around kind of the NIL conversation so far? Yeah, I think it just, is completely different, um, all over the country, depending on, you know, the, the level you're at power five, probably the conference you're in even, um, I don't know the region, it was just really interesting to look at in the NIL space. And I know obviously the, the SEC and the power five conferences, are usually the leaders of the pack in terms of any monumental change. And then obviously the, the revenue, revenue generating sports are the ones that are leading the way as well. But if you look at kind of the map of uh, how this has grown, it really does start in the Southeast and it hasn't made its way fully West to California yet. Um, in terms of the collectives, even like the different resources that are being provided and, and all of these components, like it's, it's almost looking back in the day when, you know, California or not California, the American movement was all moving west. Yeah, the gold rush. And it's like, yeah. I don't know. It's, a, it's, it's I would imagine the conversation and sentiment around it's very different. And what's interesting, you know, I will say I'll probably I would agree a lot of our NIL conversations have been, you know, uh, haven't we've had a few out west but what's mm-hmm. interesting is the legislation really passed and was most open and is most open um in California and, and out west why why do you think it's taking so long to get there right like what do you think the reasoning is oh i i don't know i would say that the sec is probably the most competitive conference and that they can't manage to lose any kind of recruiting advantage right so they want to implement as many resources as possible they also have the you know the biggest profit margins in terms of resources on campus to be able to provide um things for their athletes and then their their fan bases as well it's just nothing nothing like what we see out in california coastal california especially um you know we have we have usc ucla um in university and west coast got you know washington and Arizona, Washington State. So we have the Pac-12, but it's just, it's not the same level of that like crazy sports fan that you would mm-hmm. find out um, in, in the South and, and the East and even the Midwest. So yeah. yeah it's, the, it's almost a little bit of that, like you, you can't afford not to. So it's like, we're just going to go after it and, you know, figure, <laughs> figure out or deal with the consequences as they come. And, um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, seeing the multitude of conferences even that are on the West coast as well. And some of the different resources and, and, uh, and yeah, markets that are available, even in the conference breakdown, um, in coastal California, for sure. What, what was really, when I started NIL network back in November of 2020 and started kind of following all the different state legislation and how, uh, you know, California was the first to pass their law. And then Florida was the first to put the most, um, you know, July 1st is their enactment date. And then I think I was talking to someone one day and they're like, all the other SEC states, so Alabama, Mississippi, Georgia, like their 
coaches were going to lobby like their uh, state governments to get these bills passed. And that's the moment I went, this is different out there. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and people were saying, you know, if Alabama doesn't have a state NIL law that goes into effect on July 1st, and then Alabama does not win the national championship that year, like whoever is the government of Alabama is probably not going to have his job the following uh, election season. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Oh, this is yeah, very interesting. <laughs> Different ball level, game, no pun intended. Yeah. Different level of fansmanship for sure. And I think what's crazy is you said like they can't afford to miss out on recruiting. That being said, NIL cannot be used for recruiting. What do you mean by that? They can't afford to miss out. Yeah. So if we um, pretend like there isn't some uh, egregious violations of uh, using NIL for recruiting inducements, really anything that an athletic department is providing it all kind of ties back into recruiting so if it's even we take out nil if it's student athlete development resources if it's a new uh stadium if it is shiny locker rooms um you know all of those things and all that money that they're putting into it yeah it's really nice for the current student athletes on campus but they also know that it's going to be utilized by their coaches to go out on the recruiting trail and say hey you come to a school like at san Diego state we've got a beautiful new stadium opening up this fall I think that is the number one. I would be using it as my number one seller if I was out on the the road recruiting for football or you know soccer playing there, some lacrosse games as well. Because who doesn't want to play in a brand new stadium? It's beautiful. Yeah, yeah and and so to clarify, you know, it's not that NIL is directly used for inducement. Meaning, if you come here, these are the deals you're going to get. It's if you come here. Look at the ecosystem that we've built and the opportunities that are available. More like, you know, at Illinois here, we have a really good business career services center where Deloitte's connected in and KPMG's mm-hmm. connected in. If you go to Illinois, yeah, they're at the career fair and you have a probably a pretty good chance to working with them. I, I think, you know, what's interesting is the conversation is now changing to how do we how do we make that experience just like our shiny locker rooms, right? What else do you see? You know, I've seen a lot of job openings for NIL across the country. What else are you seeing schools start to really focus on um, for NIL? Like, is it opportunities? Is it education? Is it taking an internship class? Like, what are you seeing happen? Yeah, I think it's, uh, again, everyone is kind of just trying to figure out what goes into a good NIL program and what resources should they be providing for their athletes? What do they need to outsource versus what can they look internally to? You know, like you mentioned, the business school, schools of entrepreneurship, law schools, um, I think a really cool opportunity, uh, Oklahoma State was one of the first I saw do it, but they built the brand squad, which connects uh, their business students who are studying to be, uh, or they're studying sports business or potentially marketing with the athletes on campus there to get a real life experience, build their resume. Um, and they work with the athletes on building a marketing plan, a social media plan, uh, kind of strategizing around where to find different NIL opportunities. And I'm like, that's is so cool that's something we want to do at san diego state as well because i think that it's so rewarding for the students on campus to be able to get that real life experience but then also for our athletes like sure i usually sit in the office they can come in and talk to me as much as they want but there's 500 of them i can't manage 500 you know consulting sessions for as much as they would potentially need them in time so i think tapping into the resources on campus is something I hope continues to grow. Yeah. And I, I love that. That whole model is, is so brilliant too, right? Cause like you said, you know, the resources, regardless of how big your athletics department is or how much your, your university is willing to commit resources, you still have finite hours in the day 
but there are, you know, seemingly an unlimited amount of resources if you distribute them across campus of people who want to learn about this, people who who want to collaborate. And that even adds to not only the professional experience, but also to the story of the athlete saying, hey, I'm tying this back to my institution. Um, we, we say all the time, you know, NIL kind of created 180,000 micro influencers, yeah. right? Um, and what, what a great opportunity to kind of tap into that at your institution. Talk to us now about NIL Network. Like in the middle of you getting this new career, you're like, hey, why don't I start another company? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So NIL Network um, really started in, I guess when I was coaching at University of Hawaii, I coached the beach volleyball program out there for a few years. Um, that's when the O'Bannon case got settled, which I think is really one of the first times that people were looking at name image likeness from a you know, national public awareness type perspective. And I was like, okay, this is going to come to college sports sooner than later. Uh, fast forward a couple of years to 2019, California passes uh, SB 206. I think initial enactment date of January 1st, 2023, giving the NCAA plenty of time to come around and make their changes. But at that point, I was like, okay, like NCAA was saying, you know, we're going to kick out the California schools or we're not going to allow them to play in championships. Myself, uh, born and raised in California, I was like, this might be kind of cool, actually. We could get a new organization. They'll take all the California schools. We'd get all the best recruits because uh, we'd all have NIL rights. And really, I started trying to engage whoever would talk to me um, about NIL in conversations. I was super into it. I was blogging about it, just loved the concept and was like, this is something that college athletes have deserved for decades. Um, Fast forward another year uh, to the fall of 2020, and an article popped up on NIL, and I was like, holy moly, how did I lose sight of, of everything that's been happening over the past year? And really, I think it's because of COVID, uh, no sports, everyone was very distracted, obviously trying to deal with this global pandemic. And in that time, though, you know, Florida had passed their NIL law. Uh, NCAA was meant to initially vote on their NIL legislation in January 2021. And so this was coming in 2021. And as I started Googling around, it was like, man, nobody is talking about this to uh, topic. It is legitimately the biggest change of college sports since Title IX. And um, I don't know, I looked up, uh, tried to find like a hub of, of content information. At that point, there was really a couple news articles and that was about it. And I was like, what, can I pull together these resources for people to try to understand this massive change that's coming? And um, yeah, so started NIL Network, I think November of 2020, uh, really just aggregating together articles, uh, trying to make sense of everything that was coming. And in that time, because it was such an entrepreneur heavy space, of course, with it, uh, being a new industry, you know, I, people started reaching out, wanting to meet. And I'm like, man, this is so much fun and learning about this topic and everything that's coming. And so it really just kept kept going from there. And then uh, I was in San Diego at the time. San Diego State was, I think, one of the first five universities in the country to hire an NIL specific position. And I was like, this is just serendipitous, I guess, because, um, yeah, so, so got in there and it's been... Uh, Fantastic, but a lot to, to juggle kind of both roles, even though obviously there's a ton of overlap um, between what I do at San Diego State and what I do for NIL Network. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a ride. <laughs> What's really cool, though, I mean, and, and I'm on the website right now, so it's NILnetwork.com. There's coaching, advising, learning labs, consulting, weekly drops and drop-ins, partnership. But really, the cool part is like there's guidance for all stakeholders. 
So mm-hmm. whether you're a friend, a parent, an athlete, a coach, um, someone interested in the career, there's something for you. And I don't think there's anything really like this in our space. So, you know, San Diego's probably like feel pretty cool that they have now a thought leader um, who's aggregating all of this, um, which this is a massive undertaking. I'm like going through this website right now and I'm like, there's even a database for collectives, uh, which yeah. is really, really cool. So we're coming up on a on a the year anniversary, right? So, you know, what what has changed? What's changed kind of as you've seen both the management of the NIL network? Like h- how has your day-to-day changed? What what conversations have um, you found that you've either started having or have stopped having, having as a, as we've progressed through the year? Yeah, I think, you know, and that's actually a great, there's going to be a ton of articles, of course, that come out over the next few weeks about sure. one year of NIL and, and kind of the, the progression of it. But you know, come July 1st of last year, we saw some big deals happen. I think for all student athletes, I won't say all, but a lot of student athletes are very excited and, and they're like, yeah, now's my time. I'm going to get a car. I'm going to get a million dollars. Great. My DMs are open. People reach out to me. And you're like, and that's something I think that, that we've had to walk back a little bit um, to say, you know, yes, that is a reality for the 0.001%. Um, those celebrity quarterbacks with a million dollars or the million followers and whatnot. Um, but actually as anything in work, uh, anything that's going to get you paid, it's going to be work and you're going to have to create a plan and you're going to have to strategize about this. Um, and so I think that that's been interesting. Of course, I come from Olympic sport background. And so that's something I'm really passionate about is making sure that it's, it's access for all athletes that want to take advantage of NIL but it really does take quite a bit of education to be like, okay, like it's not just nobody's really doing handouts here for uh, unless you have that kind of celebrity status that we've seen. So I think that's been a shift. Um, obviously, the collectives have kind of stolen the uh, the limelight in the last six to eight months or so. And I, I think that that's going to be a really big challenge for the NCAA to sort out just because it's, mm-hmm. it's uh, I don't really know how they're going to do that. But um yeah, we'll just keep moving forward and see what happens. I guess like I'd be curious to hear, you've probably seen some pretty cool deals come across your, you know, whether it's your office or through the network. And you talked about like inclusive and, and opportunities for maybe non-revenue generating sports. Is there any specific deal that you've seen go through or anything that's happened with those like edge cases that you're really proud of? Um, you know, maybe something that hasn't been uncovered yet because uh, we only hear about the big ones, right? Um, but the the small ones that are that still have a lot of force, we don't hear about. Do you have any examples of anything like you're pretty passionate about that that you've heard recently? Yeah, and I think that um, that's been a frustration as well. And I don't nothing that I can do about it, and it's going to continue. But really, you know, the media, of course, is going to be picking up the car deals. And you know, today Twitter's a storm again with ten million dollars or twelve million dollars or whatever those rumors are. But I think the thing that's really, really cool for me um, is seeing some of the entrepreneurial uh, elements come out for these athletes. And it's something I'm trying to highlight on NIL Network, which is still a teeny tiny little database on there. But I have one that is uh, college athlete businesses that I've seen started over the last year. And they range from, um, uh, you know, at that Florida State football player who started a charity, um, a couple different charitable functions to clothing lines to running a mm-hmm. camp series, a um, bunch of different things on there. And I'm like, this is real NIL. And this is something that these athletes are going to take with them 
after they graduate as resume builders, as even businesses, and also the connections that they build while they're running that, I think are going to be really cool um, as well. I think it's uh, it's cool to talk to athletes when they start asking you about taxes. <laughs> like, hey, should I, uh, should I set myself up as a corporation? And I'm like, this is awesome. Yes. Like, this is <laughs> yeah. awesome. We had Sydney Stevens, um, who was on one of the episodes and actually spoke at the at the summit. Um, she started Mindbend and she's doing photo shoots with it. And, you know, it just, I think those need to be highlighted more and more and more to show athletes that like, it's, it's, it, you know, it's not just about the million followers or whatever. Um, there's so many, I like, I love the opportunity of like camps, right? Like mm-hmm. every college athlete should be running camps. Right. And there's no reason why they're not their hometown hero going back and working in their communities over the summer and their, in their off season and stuff like that. That's super, 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 super cool. Adam, you were going to say um, something. Yeah. I was going to say, I was going to say two things actually. The first is, you know, I, I think that actually was what the intention of the change in legislation was, right. Is, is to allow these athletes to, you know, to be able to actually monetize things in, in ways that would prepare them for the business world, prepare them for life after, after sport. Um, and I, you know, we, Steven, you were just talking about camps. Um, I think there's a lot of sports out there that there's kind of a, uh, there's a, a sort of a path to professionalism. Um, I'm thinking of beach volleyball actually specifically, but that path to professionalism is really via sponsorships, right? And you don't get sponsorships without being able to build a brand and have a brand. So have you, you know, you're obviously super close to the volleyball world, particularly beach volleyball. Um, How have you seen NIL impact those types of of opportunities and some of those pathways to professionalism? Yeah, I uh, actually put a lot of brain power behind this probably two months ago, um, as I was just kind of hypothesizing, because beach volleyball as it is right now, is not a sustainable professional sport. Like you're saying, you it's you have to get sponsorships or you're working side hustles. Usually the pro athletes that fall outside, you know, the top three to four teams um, are working three to four jobs on the side. They're trying to hustle, get sponsorships and whatnot. And so I think that NIL, for, and it's Beach Huddle's only a, a female sport right now in college, uh, only a women's sport, but it allows them to get that experience way earlier. So they can start to understand what these sponsorships and partnerships look like, what goes into them, what to look for in a contract, how to negotiate, understanding what their, what their worth and, and, and not their worth, but what their, the value is. Um, and also, even though they can't or shouldn't be signing into contracts that extend beyond their NCAA eligibility, they're still building those relationships. Um, and I gave the example, you know, Haley Harward, who played at USC Beach Volleyball, has just graduated out. Um, you know, she had a couple really cool partnerships in her last year at USC and now is pursuing professional beach volleyball. I'm like, there's no way that those don't continue, um, which is just getting an absolute leg up off of these previous athletes that had to graduate mm-hmm. out and be like, oh crap, now I've got to figure out not only the professional side, hire my own coach, making my training schedule, finding a partner. Do I need strength and conditioning? Do I need a, a sports psychologist? But I also got to figure out how I'm going to make enough money to pay for all these services um, and the tournaments and all this stuff. So I think that it's going to really, really help not only those individual athletes, but it also could kind of grow the sport as well. Because, you know, if athletes aren't as concerned about that money side of things and that's kind of more taken care of, they can focus on the sport and, and also that growing their brand while in college um, is something that they'll take with them after they graduate as well. 
So I love this whole like leg up, like you're just starting early, you know, do you foresee like classes for college credit in NIL? Like where, you know, a college athlete could take an NIL, start my brand, NIL 102, right? Like, do you ever see something like that happen and curriculum being created out of it? I think there's a couple schools that have done it already. Um, and they're open to all students on campus, which I think is really cool. I think they usually fall in like the entrepreneurship um, department or area. Um, and I think that that'll continue to to grow. I mean, it's it's interesting though because at San, like at San Diego State, I'm like, man, let's I like really want to put together a course, and I think that would be awesome. And it's like, let's figure out what we're doing first, <laughs> and then uh, let's look towards that. And I'm like, okay, that's that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I text because Adam, you teach at Northwestern, and I'm like, NIL 101. We got to teach you. Got we got to teach this class. <laughs> A hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and it, I, you know, I think there is actually a massive opportunity because, you know, if you look at student athletes, there are, there are a lot of activity courses that get folded into your curriculum, right? There are, there are a lot of things that are built into kind of your academic pathway that support, you know, where you're heading with your degree. And, you know, I, I, I think that we'll continue to see that it's a, it's a huge opportunity and yeah, it'd be so fun. Uh, let us know how that goes at San Diego State. We love to, we love to be uh, consultants there on. Yeah, <laughs> how that, I was actually how that goes. we we talk to Mark Cuban's team very often, and I'm like, could we start an NIL accelerator, right? Like a like an NIL jumpstart your and take applications and and try and like yeah, let's figure it out, right? Like it truly is a blue ocean of opportunities, um, but. Uh, it's hard to say no right now. <laughs> like, yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> um, I want to, I want to shift. We've talked a lot about NIL network and your role there. Um, I want to shift gears a, a little bit and, and talk like, well, okay. So what is your, what does your day to day look like in your coordinator role at SDSU? You know, we've had Cam Cox on here, who's been at Illinois. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a couple of different people in the, in the institutional space. And it's, it's so interesting hearing the different perspectives, the different approaches, um, maybe areas of conservatism versus being progressive. What, what's your day-to-day look like at SDSU? Yeah. So I think, you know, in the first few months in there, um, and just the, I, I fall under technically the compliance department um, or the, the senior director of compliance is my supervisor. However, my office sits in student-athlete development um, and kind of around academics. So it's a very high-traffic area with athletes coming and going, not as much right now during summer, but um, for the school year. So for the first couple months there, it was really just putting together a strategic plan and like what I really saw going into this program, which for myself, the the priorities were... Um, we were integrating in really high-level topics of NIL into our student-athlete development program that's called Aztecs Going Pro. Now, one thing I was pretty adamant about was, you know, NIL is not for everyone. And I don't think that everyone should be forced to do NIL, which is, you know, it's, it's going to grow um, as new classes of athletes come in or are more prepared. But I think in this first year, that, that really mandatory education turned off a ton of uh, student athletes to even the concept of NIL. Um, so I'm like, okay, like if we put high level topics into student athlete development that pertain to professional development as well. So looking at like building your brand, but looking at once you graduate out, somebody's gonna be Googling your name, what's gonna show up and how can you control that narrative versus having the, like whoever else control it? 
And oh, by the way, building your personal brand is also great for NIL. Um, and so we, we built that in. Um, I really wanted to get a university-specific platform. Um, now, of course, we've seen the collectives from around the country. I was like, I don't necessarily need one of those, but I would love to have um, you know, student athlete empowerment, uh, which is a very simple landing page, essentially. Um, it's called Empower Aztecs. And anyone can go on there, fill out a form, and then student athlete empowerment will get in touch and facilitate um, that deal for whatever local business or fan, along with the San Diego State athletes. And now the reason I really needed something like that was because I think the huge opportunity in San Diego is to engage the local community. Like while we don't have that rabid fan base that you see in the SEC that's just throwing millions of dollars um, at, uh, at these athletes, we do have so many local businesses and not a lot of competition for the sports sponsorship dollars. Like, you know, we have the, the San Diego Padres essentially is the only professional franchise in San Diego. We don't have a football team anymore. We don't have a basketball team. So those two sports are the professional teams in the city of San Diego, which is millions of people. Um, and so I'm saying I need one of those platforms so I can get out and educate the local businesses on the ROI they can get with, uh, get from working with some of our athletes. And so we got, we got that in place. We got the education in place. I've been out kind of hosting webinars um, and attending different events, which I will continue to do throughout the summer and the fall um, with the community. Um, and then it's really just getting creative with some different initiatives. Like I'd love to build something similar to the brand squad at Oklahoma State. Um, we're trying to figure out one of the biggest kind of pain points right now is uh, as athletes are starting to sign in with more representation, whether that's agency, uh, sports agents, marketing, management, whatever that looks like, understanding the terms that they're signing to, um, because there are some very, very bad and tragic con uh, contracts out there. But the athletes are so excited that they are like, oh, this person wants to represent me. I'm going to sign it. And I'm like, oh, let's just like step back. <laughs> Michelle, what have you seen? This is Adam and I talk a lot about this, right? Like how does agency affect NIL? What have you seen gone well? What have you seen gone wrong? Because I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've seen uh, one contract from like a agency type thing that I would have great or I can't green light them. I can't redline the contracts. I'm not a lawyer. Um, I'm also an employee of the institution that tells me, you know, I can't do that. <laughs> I can educate the athletes on some different things to look at in the contract. And if it's really, really, really bad, I say, hey, I would highly recommend you get a attorney, a family friend, somebody to go over this and really, really make sure you understand every single word in it before you sign in. Um, however, in saying that, I do encourage our athletes to get representation if they have someone that they know and trust um, because it's they're going to get more NIL opportunities and bigger deals from having someone going out and sourcing those opportunities for them um, than they'll ever find on like a marketplace or if they're just doing mm -hmm. it themselves. And so it's kind of like a, it's a, it's a hard space to be in because I'm like, yes, go do it, but don't, don't do it like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> do it the right way. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's tough. And that's definitely, I think, one of the biggest issues I see in this industry right now. Um, well, yeah. we, I mean, we talk about this a lot just amongst ourselves. And, you know, we, we chat with athletes, obviously, you know, on a daily basis. We work really closely with them. And it really is this kind of push and pull of we work with a number of agencies who are amazing. And we're so grateful to work with them. And, and they're so helpful 
and then other times it seems like they're they're actually hindering um you know the progression of of opportunities for the student athlete and i think that's an important thing to remember in these conversations that everybody everybody likes to to speak in hyperbole right like agencies are bad representation is bad well no it's not bad agencies are bad <laughs> bad representation is bad but if you can get good representation it's actually incredibly helpful um adam, same thing with collectives right like yeah adam i think to that point good agencies that we've seen look at this as like grassroots as educational because the best agencies in the world are not going to make a ton of money with their with their students in college they're playing a long game and saying right. and some of this has come out of the you know some of the agencies have said this to us if we help them as educators and finding them opportunities and teaching the families hopefully when they go pro they'll be with us right and yep you know that's probably the best way i speak i i think that's fantastic on the flip side we're seeing like the ambulance chasers right like how do i insert myself in to make mm-hmm. a quick buck but look on a $500 deal yeah you're going to make $50 on it. You're going to have yeah. to have a lot of those deals, right? Like it's, it's, there's kind of these two camps and I think we have to be careful and, and letting athletes know, like be careful on, on some of that representation too. And I right? think, I think that's a, a, a perfect piece of advice right there is like, if somebody's coming to you saying, I'm going to change your life through these, you know, the things that I can do for you in the NIL space, I'm going to change your life. It's like, all right, that should maybe raise some flags. There are very few life changing opportunities out there um, at any stage in life. Um, But that, yeah, that's usually a a pretty good, hmm, well, we'll see. (laughs) Yeah. And I I think just to piggyback on that as well is like, it's, there's not really any kind of barrier to entry to calling yourself a marketing representative in this space right now. Um, which is kind of scary. And I've seen, you know, I think on the the athlete service provider directory, I have about 150 management agencies on there now. And I would imagine out of that 150, probably 130 are like a year, maybe a year and a half old. And they range from, you know, people with experience in this space to people who have, uh, you know, built a really good social media following. And so they're like, now I can represent athletes to, you know, and it's like, it, that's also scary because it's not necessarily maliciously bad contracts or whatnot. It's like, did this company just Google contract and like, you know, download the first one they found and they send it off to the athlete? And I don't know. I think you and I talked about this before, Adam. It's like, what's, I think malicious is worse, but not far from ignorance. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Malice or or ignorance. Yeah. Pick, pick your poison, right? A hundred percent. And I think we're going to see that over time, you know, uh, I think there was like a like a gold rush to it, right? But that's why there are platforms that are doing some really good things, right? Whether it's like, you know, the market price team, the influencer mm-hmm. team, the open doors team, you know, influencers building local exchanges for schools so they can help those local markets that you talk about, right? Market price in the same way, like they're able to find athletes that actually want NIL deals and are engaging with the ones that are trying to take an active role, right? So there are there are there's some pretty cool tech plays that are happening in the space, and I think we'll probably continue s- to see those disruptions yeah. um, coming in as we hope we're doing right at Campus Inc. Right, yeah. we're we're trying to make a difference every day too. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Adam, what were you going to say? I I liked what you were talking about when when a big part of your role as coordinator at SDSU is actually that community engagement because I think that's a big 
missing piece um, in this conversation. Like, you know, you hear the stuff that's happening at Florida where sure it's a local businessman, but he's not really a local businessman. Like he's a billionaire that runs a national conglomeration. It just happens to be headquartered close to the university. Um, but I love what you guys are doing and connecting, you know, San Diego County really is such a, 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 an incredible community. So being able to kind of position yourselves in that space and connect to local businesses um, I think is is a huge value to the university. Um, and and I like what you talked about in terms of sponsorship dollars as well, because, you know, this was a concern of, oh my gosh, companies are going to pull sponsorship dollars from athletic departments in general and start giving them, you know, to athletes as individuals. Um, have you have you seen that play out at all? Or or is your are you really trying to say like, look, there's a gap, we're gonna take it? So I've definitely talked to our uh our uh multimedia rights representative about this a number of times and kind of uh, been hypothesizing on it. I don't think, I mean, he, ha- he hasn't shared with me that he's seen actually any of that really happen so far. But I think the real opportunity is that, you know, for those businesses at the local level that are getting priced out of the corporate sponsorship, like they're engaging with San Diego State athletes and then they're becoming, uh, you know, they're, they're, almost identifying with the brand of San Diego State as well and potentially could grow into that corporate sponsorship in time. So maybe if some of those current corporate sponsors are reallocating some of their money, maybe they'll get it back on the other end by some of these local businesses as they grow. I don't know. TBD. (laughs) Yeah. No, I I love that though because that's, you know, we we talk about disruption in industries and changing in industries and you know, you hear the conversation around it shutting down opportunities, but, you know, it's opening up opportunities, not just on the athlete side, but also for those small businesses to position themselves really strategically. So I, I love that you guys are doing it, that at San Diego State. That's really neat. I think I just have about 80, 84,500 local businesses left to, to educate on NIL and then I'll be, then I'll be again. <laughs> Is that yeah, all? that's it. <laughs> yeah. So Michelle, how do you, maybe Adam and I need to take a, a class out of this. How do you prioritize on a day-to-day basis? What is most important? to get done. Yeah, like, hold on. You've, Let me get my notebook. I'm going to take notes here. <laughs> uh, because like, you know, uh, we don't have enough hours in the day, but we want to say yes to everything. But like, how do you personally do it? Because I mean, I, we need to take notes. What advice do you have? You know, I would say that one of the, uh, one of the biggest challenges in my role is going back. I worked from home uh, for the previous like four years and going back into an office uh, has been a bit of a challenge because it is always just, some distractions that are that are coming up and you're putting out fires here and here and whatnot. Um, and so I don't even know if I have a good answer for you. Well, you can I, be part of our therapy like group. One of, the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one, of, one of the things I really have liked that I've implemented at San Diego State, which I think is maybe not so much in the uh, in office culture, but I've really appreciated is working off of my calendar. Um, and so for athletes, I know that they don't really like it because they're so used to just popping into offices and like going here and going there and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, can you schedule a time <laughs> and come back? Um, and, you know, sometimes I'll come in and talk and it'll be totally fine. But I really do like it because not only does it help me stay organized, but it also, I think, helps them on the professional mm-hmm. side. Like, you know, it's not like a real realistic thing just to walk in, interrupt whatever somebody's doing, sit down for an hour and, and talk about your mm-hmm. problems. And I mean, I know it's a big part of office culture. I think that having the pandemic and working from home and having to utilize calendars has kind of shifted that a bit, but 
still working on it. If we can solve this problem, we're all going to be millionaires. So yeah, yeah I think. Calendly <laughs> is great. It's uh, it's 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 an it's an uphill battle, but it seems like y'all are doing a fantastic job. Michelle, do you foresee you you know building out this department at at San Diego, like having a whole team of NIL managers or whatever? Yeah, um, I think we'll we'll kind of see because that's something that I go back and forth on as well. Is like there's so much development going on. And I think the development will continue for a couple of years in terms of like the programming, what goes into it, what are we partnering with our business school? How are we solving all these issues? And then after that, does it not, does it become not as busy? Um, is it going to be mostly like, you know, the academic advisors where it is going to be mostly athletes coming in to meet with me and doing like kind of advising sessions. And I am just not sure what that's going to, what that's going to look like. So TBD. If we could throw uh, more acronyms in there, that'd be great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Be on the NIL and the NFTs <laughs> and the uh, GAOs. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's 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 great. Um, you know, I, like you said, I was I was able to to be out there last week. Um, had a chance to to chat with some of the team, and you know, you you guys have a wonderful staff there, a wonderful department, beautiful facilities right there uh, in San Diego, of course, brand new football stadium. Um, which is, you know, a, a big deal this coming fall. Lots of exciting things going on at San Diego State. I, I got a family vacation in San Diego in September. Right? Turning into a work to, trip. Uh, <laughs> to, Adam's like, hey, I'm going to go visit some schools while I'm out here. Yeah. I'm like, huh, that's a new thought. <laughs> I see what you're doing. Awesome. No, this has been fantastic and just super cool. Um, everyone follow NIL Network. Um, you know, Michelle, if anyone wants to reach out, what's the best way for them to contact you? Um, yeah, sure. I'm sure you need more of that. NILnetwork.com, uh, pretty uh, active on Instagram at NILnetwork. I have a Twitter. I haven't really been that into it because it's just overwhelming. <laughs> um, or uh, email Michelle at NILnetwork.com. And I can attest to the fact that she answers all of those because I, I emailed her at NIL Network and San Diego State and LinkedIn uh, when I was trying to get connected and she got back on all three platforms. So, Michelle, thank you so much for the time. This has been uh, wonderful. This is your latest episode of the NIL show with Michelle Meyer from the NIL Network at San Diego State University, Adam Cook and Stephen Farrig from Campus Inc. Thanks so much, everybody. Hey everyone, Adam Cook from Campus Inc. in the NIL store. Just wanted to say thanks again for listening and joining us on this journey. And as a reminder, if you ever need any teamware, custom merchandise, rec or youth league jerseys, uh, fraternity and sorority wear, or company merchandise, we're always here for you. You can find us at campus.inc. And of course, for all your NIL needs, nil.store.